What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Shad, for, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. Uh, before we start today's show, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video. And if you uh, have already done those things, then we greatly appreciate uh, you for doing that. And also make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and on Facebook. All right. Before we get started into our defensive training camp preview today, Chris, I just want to send out some thoughts and prayers to you because the dream of Kyle Rudolph coming back to the Vikings is is over as he is reportedly signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I hope you've been able to sleep. Uh, but, uh, but now he has actually a good chance to win a Super Bowl for the first time in his career. I believe the Bucks have the second best Super Bowl odds, uh, according to WinBet, uh, right behind the Buffalo Bills for the next season. But here's my question for you. Does Rudolph, do you think he has the best shot to win the Super Bowl next season when it comes to former Vikings players who are still in the NFL? And if you need a refresher of some, some Vikings who are around the league, we've got Stefan Diggs on the Bills, Anthony Harris on the Eagles, Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs, uh, Nick Vigil on the Cardinals, Michael Pierce on the Ravens. Let's see, anybody else kind of got a, a Fadio Denebo on the Colts? Yeah, and then Kyle Rudolph on the Bucks. What do you think? I would probably say the Bills. I, I just think they're a Super yeah. Bowl favorite right now. Kyle Rudolph's got a great chance, but That's so weird. Um, the Bills yeah. are the Super Bowl favorite. <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, that's a hell of a combo. They add Von Miller. A uh, lot of quality players there. Gabriel Davis broke out during that AFC title game. Uh, they just have a lot of weapons and a very good defense. I think they're going to be the team to beat. Uh, Jarek McKinnon with Kansas City, obviously you can't count out the Chiefs, but I, I just think that you know the Bills are the number one contender, and the Bucks aren't fall be, far behind, but uh, they're dealing with a couple of injuries right now. Apparently, Leonard Fournette uh, hit the donut bar too hard uh, this offseason, weighing 265 pounds at one point, but that happens to all of us. That's heavier than me. That's pretty impressive, actually. But, um, yeah. Fun fact, uh, the donut bar is actually a place. There's a place in San Diego called the Donut Bar, and it's a... Uh, breakfast place in the morning and a bar at night, and they serve donuts all day. Do you make so, your own donuts there? Because that would be pretty. Legit. Um, I don't think so, but they they have like crazy donuts. Like they have like a, like donuts with pop tarts in them and donuts with Oreos in them and stuff like that. So 
they're nationally nationally known uh mm. and they sell out of donuts like super fast every day uh yeah i would uh, like it's i'm hesitant with the bills because they're because they're the bills and history and everything but they seem to be a different version of the bills um uh, I I don't know. For some reason, I like the Chiefs. I, I still like the Chiefs this yeah. year. I feel like maybe Patrick Mahomes won't feel as uh res- maybe not restricted, but he won't feel like he needs to get Tyree kill the ball so many times a game to like avoid being yelled at. We we know he's going to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey, but now he's going to be able to maybe spread the ball around a little bit more and not have someone you know yelling at him on the sideline. Um, so I'm curious to see how they do with that. Other than that, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Not not the, not the Cardinals. Not the not the Colts. Probably not the Eagles. Although I feel like they're they're a sneaky team too because the NFC is not. There's no like powerhouse team in the NFC this year. I feel like. Um, so yeah. Uh, all right. So we're gonna do the. We did the offensive preview, on, Monday, uh, for training camp, which begins, I believe. Players check in on the 24th, rookies and some players. Uh, typically, I think Kirk Cousins actually checks in on the, the first day with the the rookies because I think quarterbacks can get in there. Um, so the defense, the Vikings defense is switching to a 3-4 base defense. Now, they've said that, you know, the, it's probably not going to be something that they run the majority of the time. They're probably going to be a nickel most of the time, but it's going to be a 3-4 base, which I believe... I don't think the Vikings have ever run a 3-4. Do you you remember a time when they have? I don't think they have. I think maybe one time in the 80s. I don't know if that was a Les Steckle thing or not, but I I remember they talked about it in the early uh, 2000s, or 2010s, rather. Uh, Leslie Frazier wanted to move to a 3-4 defense, and Jared Allen said, if you do it, trade me, (laughs) because I'm not doing the outside linebacker thing. This is is um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a pretty quick one, but yeah, I I mean the thing is not to be the nerd of the conversation, but they've said it before that basically they're going to play more nickel than they are going to be a true three four defense. So is much changing? I don't know. Probably they find ways on true passing downs to uh, help Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith attack. They've already already talked about lining them up under the guard. Um, I think there's going to be some different wrinkles. And I mean, overall, just the change of the team is just going to be exciting in its own right. But then you add this three, four wrinkle and it it is kind of exciting. There's different ways that they can attack. You drafted Lewis scene, you drafted Brian Asamoah. Both those guys are very fast, very good athletes that can get to the quarterback and uh, you know, the illusion of complexity, right? Mike Patton said in his camp videos, you know, don't let the offense read your mail. I think towards the end of the Mike Zimmer era, everybody knew what they were going to get. They knew they were going to get double A-gap blitz. They knew they were going to get uh, yeah. Anthony Barr in this weird little hybrid floater role. Yeah. Um, I think change is good. So, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I don't think we'll see too much in training camp, but this is this is a very good thing for the Vikings. Yeah, I think change, change is good. Change is always good, especially when the last, you know, regime and defense it felt like it was getting kind of stale and, and teams were obviously having an easier time to to dealing with it because the vikings i believe ranked you know in the bottom quarter of points allowed and yards allowed last year so 
not really the the typical Mike Zimmer elite defense uh, for the last two seasons. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see because I think like like they say they're going to be more nickel and the base is three four, but I think it's just going to be like a defense where you really don't even know what formation they are in. Like like different guys are going to be standing. Some are, some will have their hands in the dirt. Some will be up on the line. Some won't. Like I just think. There's going to be things all over the place. Like Kevin O'Connell talks on the offense side of the ball. Like we don't like we could run the same play over and over again, but you can make it look different so many times. Um, mm-hmm. And and the defense won't know what you're running. And I feel like they're going to try and do that on defense too as well. So that's kind of what excites me. And I, it's just different. It's new as with this coaching staff, this, this regime, everything's new. And that's, that's pr- the most exciting part of everything. Um, but this defense returns a lot of players from from last year as well when they were not a good defense. So, you know, thinking along that lines, what concerns you the most about the Vikings switching to a 3-4 defense? Well, I wonder how these players fit into the new scheme because you want speed, you want agility, and a lot of these guys are on the wrong side of 30 or they're approaching it. Some of these guys are coming off of season-ending injuries like Daniil Hunter. Uh, There are some areas that are kind of thin as far as if somebody goes down, who goes in and are those players fits because they were selected by a different regime. So it's entirely possible that you could have some transition time. But I I think overall, you know, if the starters stay healthy, and we heard this last year, too, if if the starters mostly stay healthy, that they should be okay. But um, just it just matters. I mean. I, I don't know. Like the whole nickel thing kind of makes me think maybe it's not that different. Maybe you just have a couple of sub package players and you make it a three, four sometimes. But um, I think overall, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be, it, it, it's probably going to look more similar this year to what they were running last year than it will next year. Cause I think what Eric Kendricks I think he's in the last year of his deal. Uh, Daniel Hunter could be, you know, entering his final year with, with the Vikings as well. So if they start to maybe if they move on from those guys, they can go to a more traditional three, four and get some players in there that have more experience or more suited for a three, four type of look. Um, Because, yeah, these guys weren't very good in a four, three last year. Um, Eric Kendricks uh, probably had one of his worst years of his career since his rookie season last year. Um, He still played pretty well, but, you know, his his run defense was was pretty poor. He missed a lot of tackles. You know, was that was part of that because he's trying to make up for like the lack of talent elsewhere on the field? Probably. Um, but you know, when you look at Harrison Smith, he's getting older too. Like he's not really he's not known as the fastest guy on the field. So is he really gonna be suited for this defense moving forward? Even though I know they gave him an extension, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm and at the same time, their new defensive coordinator at Donatel. Um, you know, what, how well is he going to be without Vic Fangio? Cause he hasn't been with a team recently without Vic Fangio. Um, and now he's on his own and he's going to run the same system, but he's going to be calling the plays. Um, I, I assume. So we will see how he does without Vic Fangio, uh, leading the charge there. Um, switching to like some specific positions. Let's look at the, the Vikings defensive line. And right now, it looks like their starters are going to be Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, and 
uh, Armin Watts seems to be the leading candidates to start at least week one. So should the Vikings, who now have an extra roster spot after uh, making the tough decision to release Nate Stanley the other day, um, they have an extra roster spot to sign someone like Indomitian Sue. Um, should they sign someone like that, or do you think the position group will be fine with you know someone like Armin Watts as a starter to open the season? I would like to get another guy in there. I don't know if it's going to be Sue because the whole Sue thing's been a little weird. Darren Wolfson mm-hmm. said so the Vikings haven't even offered him a contract, so they're just talking at this point, it sounds like. But, I mean, the Sue thing, he's talking about the Raiders, just like, hey, you know, me and Darren. Car, we're texting back and forth, man. And I was texting with, he said somebody else on the Raiders too, like Josh Jacobs sent me an emoji. And I don't know, like maybe they want it to happen. I, I'm talking to the Vikings. It's kind of like how Kyle Rudolph put out that, hey, I might go back to the Vikings to maybe yeah. drive his price up to the Bucks a little bit because yeah. it sounded like the Vikings didn't reach out to him either. It, it just doesn't seem like Sue wants to sign here. Like in a perfect yeah. world, the Raiders would step up, they'd give him the money he wants, and he'd come back for one more year. The problem that I have is who's going to stop the run? Because that was a big problem last year to the point where, you know, you can succeed if you're not stopping the run. But if you can't do it at all like they did last year, you got a problem because time of possession flips in your favor, and that's what kind of doomed Mike Zimmer and his staff. So when you think about this defensive tackle group, I see Armand Watts, who is a pure pass rusher. I see Harrison Phillips, who runs stuffer and whatever. And then you have Dalvin Tomlinson, who I'm not really sure what he does here, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. A guy that I'm going to look at, and is actually my pick for Mr. Mankato, though, is Jalen Twyman. He had 10 and a half sacks during his sophomore year at Pitt, opted out in 2020. He had a really bad workout before the draft, but then he goes to D.C. to visit his aunt, gets shot multiple times. Misses the, oh, yeah, I'm getting to that point. He's Jack now. I, I was getting there. But, yeah, Sorry. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that was it. He got shot, and he's like, I need to lift more weight, so it just bounces off of me next time. Mm-hmm. But uh, who else is going to pl- take playing time there? I, I don't mm-hmm. even know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think James Jalen Twyman's going to get – Yeah. I, that, <laughs> I, I mean, who yeah, knows? I don't know. If they could find a veteran that – can stop the run. I think maybe it's just one of those things they're going to go through preseason, see if somebody gets cut and maybe pick somebody up or, you know, get into camp, be like, man, these guys aren't good and just sign somebody. So I think those are the two things that are going to happen. Yeah. That'll be an interesting position group to watch, uh, at least for like the, the backup roles. Cause what they got, they, they drafted the kid from Minnesota, uh, a um, wall. Yep. Yep. And uh, like you mentioned, they have Twyman. They signed Julian Taylor this year. Um, you know, the, the jury's out on on Janarius Robinson. And is if is he going to be an edge rusher? Is he going to be on the inside? Because he's kind of of a hybrid kind of guy. Um, and I I've seen uh, him working out with Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter this offseason. Seems like he's pretty pumped up to to get back to action. Uh, and as far as like available guys go, other other than um, Dominican Sue. There's a couple. There's a couple former Vikings on the on the available right now. You got Sheldon Richardson, you got Linval Joseph, and of course you have Shamar Stefan. So you know, maybe maybe we'll have. We didn't get the Kyle Rudolph. He's not on the Giants yet. 
that is, that Mark amazes Stephens. me. I know, right? Yeah. How how can Andre I Patterson probably just, walked in the door and be like, "You guys don't know the world's greatest nose tackle. We got to sign." Okay, Andre, it's, he's it's just all leaving good. it. He's just have. leaving a future. He's just leaving a you know a future Hall of Famer out there for anyone to sign. Uh, it's just super naive. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, the defensive line. Um, I do like the addition of Harrison Phillips. You mentioned them be, not being able to stop the run last year or really the, the year before. Uh, pretty much ever since Linval Joseph actually left. Uh, they haven't really been able to stop the run at a decent rate. Um, Harrison Phillips was one of the, the best uh, run defenders when it came to defensive linemen last year with the Bills. He's been that way mostly his career. So I think that's what they were going for. Um, and he stays on the field longer than Michael Pierce. Um, so that was uh, also an upside to grabbing him instead of keeping Michael Pierce around. So I, I like that addition. And uh, Delvin Tomlinson, it, it didn't felt like he did much last year if you like just watch the games. But he graded very well with PFF and he was solid. So I think just having someone like Harrison Phillips next to him uh, will help him have another good season. So I think the defensive line could be like an underrated strength where like uh, they struggled big time, stopped the run last year, but I think this year they're going to have a much better time doing that. Let's move to the edge rushers where this could be the best position group of the Vikings defense if, like you mentioned in the beginning, if they stay healthy because... They got Daniel Hunter on one side. They'll have Zedarius Smith on the other. Uh, both have been some of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL in the last few years. But uh, Zedarius Smith was only on the field for two games last year, and uh, Daniel Hunter was only on the field for seven. So both are, are dealing with a bit of some injury problems in the, in the last years. Of course, Daniel Hunter missed the 2020 season with a neck injury. Um, so... Watching these two and, and keeping them healthy is going to be a, a big priority. I'm curious to see how much playing time, at least the beginning of the year, the, they give them. If this was the Mike Zimmer regime, they would play every snap. But this is a different, more modern scheme. Maybe they actually give these guys some rest to keep them healthy for the entire year. But, you know, still, it's a bit of a risk because looking at the depth behind these guys, it's not that great. Um, so are the Vikings taking too big of a risk? by not really having a proven number three pass rusher behind Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith. I think this is one of the problems with their salary cap situation. I think they would have loved to have taken a guy, a veteran off the free agent pile, plugged him in and just let him kind of be a situational pass rusher spell Hunter or Smith when they need it. But that's just not an option with the little cap space that they have and the people that are available right now. Um, I look at the roster and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, for lack of a better term, failures. Like maybe you have Sessio Tomowo step up as a fifth round pick and become mm -hmm. kind of a rotational guy. Yeah. I do wonder about DJ Wanham a little bit mm -hmm. because I mean, he got washed out in the run. He wasn't very good as far as pass rush win rate, according to PFF. He's one of the worst edge rushers in uh, the league. But he also played stand-up at South Carolina. So maybe yeah. you transfer him to that role and he does a little bit better. I mean, he kind of got dealt a crappy hand in the uh, previous regime when you think about it because 
You know, the last regime, I, I was thinking about this, and it reminded me of an old promo that The Rock cut, like, back in the day. And it was right around Royal Rumble time, which, for those of you who don't speak wrestling, the Royal Rumble is like, yeah, it's one of the biggest things. So 30 guys go in, they throw each other over the top rope, and the guy that wins it gets a title shot. So that whole month leading up to the Royal Rumble, everybody's like, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and become champion. And then, you know, you got like mid-carters and like low-carters be like, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. And The Rock went out there and he's just like, wow, like everybody's going to win the Royal Rumble. That guy in the front row, he said he's going to win the Royal The cameraman <laughs> just told me he's going to win the Royal Rumble. That's how it was with Daniel Hunter. The last staff, it was just like, no, Everybody. this guy, this guy from Idaho is going to be the next Daniel Hunter. Tayshawn Bauer is going to be the next Daniel Hunter. Uh who might pack or excuse me, uh, James Lynch is going to be the next to Neil Hunter. Next. Trust us, Shamar <laughs> Stefan. We're going to kick him to the outside. He's so good at nose tackle. We could turn him into the next to Neil Hunter. <laughs> we want to save the rest of the NFL. Like, I'm just happy we're done with that. Yeah. And like, just maybe a guy like DJ Wanham could just be a situational pass rusher who you bring in and spell the starters in. You know, maybe he gets to the quarterback. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Uh, Patrick Jones, the third. Mike Smith complimented his explosiveness during mm -hmm. OTAs. He could be an option. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't bring in a lot. But, I mean, if if they stay healthy, which is a big if, <laughs> they have maybe people that could turn into something. I don't know. Let's yeah. Let's see what this coaching staff does, honestly. I'd like to mention that if everyone stays healthy in the NFL, then everyone has a shot. So... Um, teams banking on that is Even not the Texans. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Uh, or right. the Bears. If everybody stays healthy on the Bears, I don't think they have a shot. Yeah, and Justin Fields. Who's he throw? He does. He has no button to throw to. Like they're gonna run the option. Who is their top receiver? Mooney. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Great. Good Great. luck. Great. Good luck. I think Tajay Sharp is like their fourth best receiver alrighty um, yeah I I feel like they they must feel good about the the younger guys on their roster um, and it's also sometimes it's also good to you know have younger guys be the backups to help them develop and that's something I think maybe the last regime kind of got away from um, the last few years where they were they just wanted more sure things they would just just sign more veterans to come in for a year or two and then just totally forget about the guys that they drafted. You know, they take like 11 or 12 players and then they didn't develop them. So someone like, yeah, like a DJ Wanham, he's left to be like, Oh, Daniel's injured. So I guess you're the starter now. And he's like, okay, I don't even know what I'm doing, but sure. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, if that's part of the plan, like to just actually help these guys develop and, and turn them into actual, useful players. I mentioned Janarius Robinson for the defensive line, but I also mentioned that he's kind of a hybrid. So I would um, like to keep an eye on him too, because um, he was injured all last year. And it's, I'm just curious to see what he could do at all out on the field, whether it's on the inside or the outside. Um, all right, moving on to inside linebackers. So we got Eric Kendricks in there, of course, no more. Anthony Barr, he is uh, still a free agent, um, still hanging up on reporters when they call him. Um, 
So we got him in there. They replaced Anthony Barr with Jordan Hicks, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals and Philadelphia Eagles. But we haven't. He's a pretty. He's, he's been pretty good, like for the Cardinals and, and the Eagles. And there hasn't really been much talk about like the addition of of Jordan Hicks. Are we are we not making a big enough deal about the addition of Jordan Hicks to the Vikings defense? I think it's fine. Okay. Like I, I'm not throwing any like Super Bowl predictions out there <laughs> because we signed Jordan Hicks. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a guy, but I think he's better than Anthony Barr. Excuse me. Because he had better grades across the board, according to Pro Football Focus. And I, I just think that, you know, Barr's body was kind of breaking down. He was good when he was on the field, but he definitely had some issues. Excuse me. <laughs> Chris is dying right now. You know what? The worst part of the cold, in my oh, you opinion, st- you still got it. Is the, is the last part of it. Because you've oh, got all that snot in the back yeah. of your throat. Yeah, yeah, so, like yeah. I've just been over here struggling, just trying to like clear <laughs> the back of my throat. You're just trying just to breathe. Not, it's just not going well. Just trying to breathe. But I feel a lot better than I did on Monday. That's for sure. Good, good. Uh, but yeah, you were talking about Anthony Barr and his his body breaking down, and I I believe so too. I just wrote about him. Like, how about about the Cowboys and uh, Commanders having interest in him? And just looking at the amount of games he played, like he didn't he didn't even start the season last year because he had like chronic knee problems. Um and that's and not he a good the first four games. Yeah, yeah. And that's not it a good a sign. While. Yeah, that's not a good sign if you're like looking at like it, what I think Doogie uh Doogie said uh from KSTP that he still wants to play. Um, but I mean like if if you're not you can't be ready for the start of a season because you have chronic knee problems, that's you know, it's probably not a good sign for someone who's not, I don't like a holder or a long snapper. Like you need to, you need your knees if you're going to be a linebacker. Um, so I think it was, I, I know people are probably like, Oh, they should just sign Anthony Barr. But I think, I don't even think that would be a good idea um, to bring him back. I'm, I'm not so sure how much use he would even have uh, for the Vikings one, because he, there's no telling like how long he would be able to stay on the field. But I like the addition of Jordan Hicks. Um, he's someone who's had like over 100 tackles in, in multiple seasons. Um, he was someone who the Cardinals actually tried to replace uh, with their first round pick uh, last year, Zayvon Collins. And Jordan Hicks was like, no, he's not. He's not replacing me. And he just won the job and stayed on the field. So um, he's a good player. He's a good, just a good leader as well. Um so I think it's an underrated addition, kind of just solidifies them in the middle there of the defense. Of course, you've got Eric Kendricks. Hopefully he can rebound and be a better run defender uh, next season than he was last year because he's still, he's still pretty good in coverage, but just took a, took a pretty big step back in terms of uh, defend the run last year. So hopefully uh, Eric Kendricks, who recently married, so he already got a ring, so maybe we can get a, another ring on that finger, uh, on that one of his other fingers. Um, next got a right ring finger. He's go two ring. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Tom Brady's running out of fingers for uh, all his rings. Uh, moving on to the cornerbacks, which uh, is quite the interesting group to to say the least. I'm not so I'm not so sure what Mike Zimmer would feel about this group. Um, got Patrick Peterson leading the way, who is uh. Not in the prime of his career, but still solid. 
Uh, then fighting for the second spot right now is, is Cameron Dantzler and supposedly rookie Andrew Booth Jr. And you got guys like Chris Boyd. You've got who else did they who did they bring in? Uh, oh, Shannon Sullivan. They mm. also they also had they drafted Caleb Evans, who recently dyed his hair purple because uh, Vikings fans got him over twenty thousand followers on Inst- on Twitter. You got Nate Harrison, who they signed this this offseason. So there's like there's some okay guys, and there's some rookies and guys that have really got a lot of playing time in the NFL. Like just looking at this group, um, is this year's Vikings group better or worse than the group from last season? So I wrote it down in true like high school study hall fashion. You know, I would just spend time comparing teams together but uh so here we go quarterback number one peterson versus peterson probably a push right we just wash that one out right there (laughs) he's probably gonna start i don't know if he'll be quarterback one but we'll we'll find out quarterback two bashad breeland against cameron dantzler we already know the answer there that's cameron dantzler right number three mackenzie alexander who is one of the worst slot corners in the nfl He'll be replaced by Chandon Sullivan. I forgot we signed him until you just mentioned him because I have another name listed on here, and that is Cameron Bynum. And I wonder what they could do in a sub package. And this is kind of foreshadowing our next topic. Mm-hmm. But you got seen, you got Bynum. Bynum is a pretty good player. He looked okay in a limited mm-hmm. sample last year. Can they figure out ways to get him on the field? I remember uh, looking at uh, Math Bomb or RAS for Lewis Seen. If you moved him to slot corner, he was a perfect 10. So maybe oh, wow. Lewis Seen plays a little bit in the slot. I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of a combo because you look at this group, there's just not many options. I mean, it's it's almost like Chandon Sullivan or Bust if they're not planning that because uh, Andrew Booth Jr. is a uh, outside corner. Uh, Caleb Evans, also an outside corner, didn't play much slot at Missouri. Chris Boyd, Chris just Boyd, day away. Um, <laughs> I would take anyone over Chris Boyd at this point, honestly. But he's so funny. He's so, he's the funniest guy in the locker room. That's why. That's why they keep him around That's because he's so, him, funny. he's so is, funny. Is his play hilarious or is he just funny? <laughs> it makes you want to. It makes you want to maybe like laugh with like like with tears of his how, sadness. Uh, how is the coaching staff? Is their butthole tightened or are we not going to get an update on that? <laughs> yeah, we, I, obviously we, wasn't his fault. We, it wasn't his, his. The 15 yard penalty looked awesome on the gram. Okay. We need, I mean, so you're saying we need, we need a butthole update from uh, Chris Boyd in the middle of camp. This is probably why they won't give me a credential to training camp. Chris, <laughs> how are the buttholes in camp today? Can you please, can you please give us? Oh man, an answer? getting off, off the rails. Um, Demonetized. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Cameron Dancer is better than Bashad Breland, but yeah, like you mentioned, um, after that, it's kind of like, who knows? Like, because Chris Channon Sullivan, he could be better than Mackenzie Alexander. It's kind of hard not to be because Mackenzie Alexander was literally at the bottom of pretty much every cornerback ranking there was last year. Um, so he's got to be better. But at the same time, we just don't we don't we don't know. We've seen this too many times where they we, we bring in these new faces at cornerback. 
Bashad Breland last year, where everyone's like, "Oh, he's so he was so good with the Chiefs and in Washington." Like Chiefs fans in. were sad he left, right? Like they were they were like, "Oh man, you got a good one." Like, good luck, guys. <laughs> Comes in, they're just sorry for first game or what? Or no, not even first regular season game, first preseason game. He gets burned by Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. First regular season game gets burned by Jamar Chase, and we're like. That happened to a lot of people in all, all fairness. Right. Um, like AJ Green shoved him into the turf with his hand. AJ Green, who's like 45. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. So it was not good. So I'm just kind of like trying to suppress any excitement that we might have about just, just because someone's a new name doesn't mean that they're going to be good. But, you know, you like so, to remain optimistic because Ed Donatel is supposed to be um, like his, the person before him, a defensive back specialist. So, and the um, bar is so damn low. It is. It is. It, it, I mean, so Matthew Collar looked it up uh, for Purple Insider, and he wrote an article, and it said that over the last two years, Viking cornerbacks have allowed a one thirteen quarterback rating. <laughs> if you're wondering how good that is, Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year at one eleven. <laughs> so they are they are turning every quarterback, in, and now they Cooper will rush. less. Yeah, Cooper. Cooper Rush. This is yeah. this what do you have? 330 it's not yards? gonna be yeah. it's not ever not going to be funny. No. Nope. Like in a dark, twisted way. It's like nope. we lost to Cooper Rush. Yeah. I was at that game. It was uh maybe that's a rewatchable stuff. You, you could no, no you could literally just Mike Zimmerman be like, What? Why am I getting fired? Why am I getting fired? He'd be like They throw on the tape of that game. Like Cooper Rush. And be like, Okay, I'll pack my things. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, that was bad. Um, yeah, so corners, it's just, it's a big, it's a big question mark to me. Cause even, even Patrick Peterson, it's like, okay, he was solid last year, but like you mentioned, they just targeted everyone else, um, on, in the Viking secondary. And there were, there were times when he got targeted last year where he got burned. So mm-hmm. let's not, let's not, there's no, there's no Jalen Ramsey or, or anyone like that on, on the Vikings cornerback group this year so there's a reason why patrick peterson got like a 50 percent pay cut compared to last year yeah yeah what he made nine and now it's four and a half yeah think of it that way (laughs) yeah i I love i love i love love, i love minnesota i want to stay here even though i live in arizona i love minnesota um they're dumb enough to pay me all right (laughs) (laughs) moving on to the viking safeties which could be another good position group um, this year. So they draft Lewis seen in the first round. They got Harrison Smith, who was a pro bowler again last year. Uh, we mentioned Cam Bynum, who did who, who was a rookie last year, but he looked pretty good in the games that uh, Harrison Smith missed. Um, so right now, you know, some might assume Lewis seen is going to be the week one starter, but it's not really a guarantee because Cam Bynum played so well. And I feel like Cam Bynum also said like, he wants to be better than Tom Brady or something earlier this year, which good for you, but um, huh. probably not going to happen. Um, but just thinking, of, you know, whoever wins, whether it's Lewis Seen or, or Cam Bynum wins that other safety job, should the Vikings make like a concerted effort to get that other player on the field if they don't earn that starting job next to next to Harrison Smith? I mean, unless they go like Cameron Dantzler last preseason, I think that's the plan, isn't it? 
Because I don't think Lewis Seen yeah. plays the same position that Cameron Bynum does. Bynum's right. more of a coverage guy, yeah. kind of play downfield, that uh, Anthony Harris, Andrew Sendejo type role. And Lewis Seen is a lot like J. Ron Curse, who Mike Zimmer just yeah. could not figure out a role for, but everybody else in the NFL Cowboys seems did. to. Yep. Yeah, the Cowboys sure knew what they were doing. I mean, like I said, Seen could do coverage in the slot if you wanted to him too. If you want him to drop back, you can do that. If you want him to blitz, Georgia didn't have him do it a lot, but he's probably capable of it. Yeah. I I mean, I'd be surprised if he couldn't blitz. Like, yeah, I run really fast, but only backwards. (laughs) No, and he's got, he's like, he's also like Sendejo in the fact that he just is, I feel like maybe he's a more accurate Sendejo, you could say, because he hits just as hard, uh, but he hits all, he one he hits the opponent and not his own teammates, and uh, two he just no you know he gets the opponent and doesn't like whiff and miss. So I'm excited to see Lewis seen. I I feel like he's kind of I've seen all this this talk about rookies and defensive rookies this year just widespread in the NFL and I haven't seen him mentioned a lot and I feel like he's going to be someone where people are like, oh we forgot about him he, and he's you know he's really good and he's going to be he's going to be learning from Harrison Smith like uh. there's probably a there are very few rookies in this league probably that get to learn this year from the caliber of player that Harrison Smith is when you go around the league. So I, I feel really good about Lewis seen um, obviously comes from one of the best defenses in college football history uh, in Georgia. So we will see, you know, how much of that is a factor, but he stood out on that team. I, wasn't he like the MVP of like the, one of the college football playoff games? Yep. Um, the national so, championship game. Yeah, so he he held his own uh, on that defense. So I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. And yeah, I think whoever wins that job, whether it's Seen or Bynum, you got to get him on the field. It just adds to the illusion of complexity, where you just the quarterback looks up and he's like, "Wait, you know, there's three safeties on the field. Like, what is what does this mean? What's going on?" So like, just just to confuse someone, like. Zach Wilson. Ah, there's actually four safeties on the field. Like you're going ah. against the Jets, and, he's, and Zach Wilson comes on the field, and he's you know done thinking about his his mom's best friend, and he remembers he's playing football, um, and just he sees three safeties, and he's just flustered, and he throws a, a pick to Cameron uh, Dantzler or something like that. Um, so we covered all the positions, but. Lastly, just looking at the depth of this defense, which just which position group do you think? is the deepest heading into the season. It's tough. It's it so tough. hard. It is tough. <laughs> I don't think it's the defensive line because I, I'm not sure they have anybody good. Like Harrison Phillips is good. Hmm? Dalvin Tomlinson, like you said, I mean, I, I get vibes of Shamar Stefan. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, he's good, but it, like, just don't look at his stats. Like, trust us. Stefan never good. graded that well though. Right. He, he, he never graded. You're right. Too well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Delvin Tomlinson had a better grade. Linebacker, I mean, Eric Kendricks goes down. Like, is Brian Asamoah going to step in? Yeah. Um, corner, I mean, we just kind of went over that a little bit where it's <laughs> a lot of young players we don't know. Hmm? Safety, I guess, because if Harrison safety. Smith goes down, then you have Cam Bynum and Lewis Seen. Which wouldn't be so, terrible. I feel like if no, of, of all the groups. You can survive like with a, that. Where, of all the groups where a major – like the major top guy goes down, I feel like you could survive at safety. Like if Harrison Smith goes down, maybe that's that's yeah. how we figure it out. 
because if if Daniel Hunter goes down, you know you still have Zadarius Smith, but that would still be a huge hit. Also, same as the opposite way around. Because I I tweeted this the other day where like with Daniel Hunter on the field last year, fully healthy for the first six games, the Vikings ranked like 14th in points allowed. The 10 games where he was not on the field, they ranked 29th in points mm-hmm. allowed. His loss made it, and every, everyone will be like, whoa, they, they still had all these sacks. That's great. They didn't have, they had like no pressures on the court. Nah. And that, that today that makes a much bigger difference than, than sacks. So Daniel Hunter is a big factor in staying on the field. I feel like, yeah, if Eric Kendricks goes down, yeah, like, Okay, bro. Yeah, like you said, Brian Osamoa, like who? Blake Lynch, Troy Die. I th- I think I'm done with the Troy Die project. I'm not not really interested in the Troy Die experience. Yeah, I, I'm I'm over it. Um, put some gloves on, man. I'm tired of seeing linebackers with with no gloves. This isn't the '70s. If you're gonna wear no gloves, at least wear a neck roll. Um, like no pads. He doesn't wear pads. He just no, goes like he looks like a high school. <laughs> he does. Like, he, like they yeah. promoted some sophomore to the varsity team. He tapes his, like he's but he tapes his, he tapes his fingers like he's like Arn Anderson or something, um, or Triple H, uh, going out there with the, the circle around around all his fingers. Um, yeah, corner, just lots of question marks. So yeah, I would say I would say safety is probably the deepest. <sighs> yeah, it's it's not very deep, but. Like I said, maybe they did that on purpose because, you know, they say they want to be competitive this year. Competitive is different than contending, first off. Um, so it's it's probably going to be similar to what the Eagles did last year where, like, we're going to compete every week. We're not going to tank. If we make the playoffs, whatever. But that's not our main objective. Our main objective is to, like, try and build up some of these younger guys on the roster, make them better. And at the very least, like build up our depth so that we can go out and sign some some better players or younger players and draft younger players and keep the cycle going. So um, I think that's got to be in some part in the works. But any other takeaways from from the defense heading the training camp? Is there like anything specific that you are interested in when it comes to the defense? I'm just interested in who steps up. Yeah, like who's going to be the guy that kind of makes us think, okay, we got a little depth here. Like, that's what I want to see in the preseason. Because yeah. the starters aren't going to play. Those backups are going to get some reps. I want to yeah. see if anybody just stands out out of nowhere because I, the opportunity is definitely there. Yeah. I mean, this coaching staff didn't draft any of these guys that were here before this year. Right. So right. if somebody stands out, the coaching staff will be like, oh, we, we like that guy. I think we're going to see some surprise uh, releases out of this group as well. Hmm. Um, anybody? Not anybody like a not anybody like a starter, but any, fun, any funny guys? <laughs> Perhaps somebody that's funny. <laughs> Maybe you can tell a joke on the way out his yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let's who 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 would even who would be a surprise? Like uh, maybe well, like I, a D- Twyman. I was gonna well Twyman, but maybe like maybe like a DJ one. Like maybe they're just like yeah. You're not a good fit for for this defense, man. So like, oh, uh, right. like a cut. I'm sorry. I thought you were trying to stand out. I no, 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 no. A cut. Yeah, because um, you said there would be some surprise cuts. Uh, yeah, surprise cuts. I mean, Wanham would be a surprise. I don't know. Yeah. Armin Watts. Like Patrick Jones. I would be surprised. Armin, Armin Watts. 
but I don't think so. Yeah. Unless they, they would have to sign someone probably if they were going to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's going to be really in like, but they can't really cut Dalvin Tomlinson because I think his salary is like fully guaranteed. That's kind of been the theme though this offseason. I feel like for the Vikings, it's just like, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I guess. Colin, Colin Cowherd thinks they're Super Bowl contender. Everyone else is just like, I don't know. I don't know. You can, so. you can always tell who doesn't watch like Minnesota sports because like they just oh I think they're tight or like you know the Timberwolves right now everybody's mm-hmm. crapping on them because they traded all those picks Gobert. for Rudy Gobert but yeah. the only game they watched was probably John Rant driving right to the rim <laughs> with three seconds to go and beating him in game five but you know I mean he he had a really good dunk on them John Morant it's really good so yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, that's what that's all we got for today. We'll be back next Monday for watching this on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and like this video. We will be having a contest coming up soon in August. I was informed today. I believe we're going to be giving away a Dalvin Cook number four jersey. So keep, nice. uh, yeah, so keep a lookout for that. Um, but make sure to yeah subscribe to this channel, like this video on YouTube, and uh, also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you would like the audio version of this podcast, we are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, Chris and I will talk to you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.